The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. You little turds are going to have to learn you can't run from the ice cream man! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. These films risk causing harm. They should be burned! I'd like to do any of these two guys at the same time. What? Hell yeah! I don't owe you any book. No more books! Hello, and welcome back to the show. It is your host, Art, here to be your wrangler of the weird, purveyor of the peculiar, and Sherpa to the strange. And I'm doing something interesting this time. This is actually the very first episode where the movie I'm talking about was recommended to me by a listener. And to talk about that movie is the listener himself, Chris. And we're going to talk about 2020's Goblin. Chris, how are you? Not too bad. How about you? Oh, fantastic. Uh, I usually have a series of questions I ask people, but instead I'm going to let you ask me. Oh, sure. Uh, So, well, first off, do you you mind if I tell a quick story about how I came about uh, Please, please do. I always love hearing about how people first find these interesting, odd movies. And uh, it's it's not a great story, but at least it kind of sets the sets the mood at least um so my wife and i were watching some some random youtube channels and lo and behold we find a a a recommendation for some some guy from uh by the name of curtis connor and he's got this movie review about this movie called goblin and it's like all right the cover this you know the thumbnail looks interesting let's give it a shot and the whole movie the whole everything he's talking about the movie is fine it's like all right that's it's bad it's it's not something i'm dying to see up until the very last and we'll get to this later i'm sure that right at the the last shot is what i had like all right now i actually have to watch this movie and so i I screenshotted this to you and i sent it to you and then uh you know four months later or so you was like hey you're gonna do this episode i was like all right now i actually have to watch this movie Um, (laughs) so i finally watched it about a week ago and uh, i i got i gotta say i had a great time watching it yeah, I did too. I was laughing quite a bit for something that is not billed as a comedy, and that is exactly <laughs> what we like to see on this show. So <laughs> so yes, fact of the matter is, I had not heard of this movie. Nice. And am I glad that, I, that you made me watch it? 50-50. I'm mixed. It's it was interesting. So this movie, Goblin, it's a story about marital abuse, a dog named Schmoopy, a friendly little fat goblin, and lack of color correction. That's what I'm gonna call it. Yeah, I'd say so. That's 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 about <laughs> accurate. And like uh, the same score used uh, at least four or five different times. So that's uh, it's, you know, it's, it's so. I think that I would believe that, but you know what? The score was so unremarkable that i didn't even notice when it was being used yeah i i gotta say like the sec because i, I rewatched it today uh again i'm probably the only person on letterbox who's watched it twice um, <laughs> but i gotta say like it, the second time around is like oh yeah it's it's just the same thing and it's not it's not bad it's just uh you know it's not great if this yeah. was scored by goblin it'd be so much better but you know, oh that would be so much fun they, they can't afford them <laughs> Um, so if if we're going if we're running if I'm asking you the questions, what kind of characters did you uh, did you enjoy the most from uh, from this movie? 
Oh, well, I, I, I certainly have a couple, but I just want to give everybody a quick rundown of what this is. So this oh, movie, yeah. it's from 2020, directed by this fellow named Chris Lee, who has done nothing else. Written by this lady named Rosa Parnike. Parnike? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Apologies, Rosa. Like uh, who's written nothing. And it features Ashley Renee playing Sarah and Joe Cummings as Danny, her abusive husband and Houston Tao as her son, and Weston Banning as the most douchey stepson on the history of film, God, who is so uh, Danny Jr. Uh, so you have this couple that's moved into this small community uh, right after this dog has been eaten by a creature, and from the get-go, you have to wonder, why the fuck is she with this dude? And as things progress, you learn that there's this goblin on the hunt because this weird, creepy old dude comes across the street... <laughs> gives her lingonberries and then tells her about the history of the goblin. And uh, yeah, a goblin's there. Nobody sees it except the kid and his their dog, Pistol. The husband and his son, they try to go hunt it. People get eaten and then the movie's over. <laughs> oh, and then they keep the goblin as a pet, I guess as an homage to Babadook or something. I'm not sure. Or something like that. It was something like that. So anyway, yes, now that we've got that. So now that's the story. Isn't it fantastic? It comes at you in a brisk 71 minutes. So please continue on, Chris. You were saying. No, I'm just, I'm curious for like, I can tell you, I can tell you what kind of characters, the characters that I enjoy the most for um, the movie. Mm -hmm. I think, well, the two pronged answer here is I think, you know, Sarah is the, the most, uh, she, she does the most, with what she's got, she you know acting what acting wise she's she's the best actor and it's not saying much but she's doing her best. The best character I got to say is Pistol. Uh, every single time they have yes, a, a cut, an insert cutaway shot, he's just like giving the best smiles. Like yeah, this is great. I love this dog. <laughs> the best dog. Yeah, <laughs> I loved how awful Danny Jr. was played immaculately <laughs> and douchily by Weston Banning, who is. An actor from oh that's right nothing else. So let's let's hear a uh, brief bit about Danny Jr. and how he treats his stepmother. I didn't know anyone was out here. My dad said to grab my stuff. Okay. Danny Jr. Hey, uh, your dad is calling for you. Yeah, you're right there. Is Sam still out back? Do I look like his freaking babysitter? And also, uh, that in the clip, you also hear this heavy metal, which is, I think, by um, Damnation something or other. They seem to be this Damnation Rain. They uh, seem to be the band that has donated quite a bit of music in this in this I think, movie. I think they're also the end credit, the, the guys who play the end credit song, I think. But I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to look into that, though. Oh, yeah. And I also need to hear another bit of Danny Jr.'s petulant child shit. Uh, so here they are. They've just moved in. And they're bringing Chinese food for the family. Where the hell's my Beijing beef? Sam, we're not gonna call it the dinner table, got it? What the fuck? Good, that idiot better have the rest of my food. Acting! <laughs> I think it, he he says idiot so many times in this movie, and the, the second thing he says the most is what uh, like I I don't know I don't know where anyone is. Yeah, he doesn't know anyone. <laughs> he pays attention to nothing except his headphones, and everybody's an idiot. Yes, so he was the first one. Dude, where's my headphones? Oh my God, he is he is awful. So uh, it was. I tell you what, I, I read in one of the very few 
actual reviews of this movie, because even though there's a few links listed, there's really only one or two reviews. The rest are just sort of publicity things. One of them talked about specifically how in movies like this where you see the people who are assholes and you know they're going to get their comeuppance and you look forward to that. He got eaten, but it was behind a fence and it wasn't all that exciting and thrilling, so I didn't even feel like I got a payoff. I just saw these like gangly legs in the air with these CG arms whipping about and I just felt like he just sort of disappeared from the film instead of actually having suffered. So. And like no one, none, the parents and no one else acknowledges like, hey, where's Danny Jr.? Except for the fact that like, hey, where the the window is open. Why is it close? Why'd you close it? So, and everything like it's that. It's probably because Danny Sr. is drunk all the time. Because you know what? With him, let's throw every trope we can. Let's stick a set of dog tags on him because he clearly has to be an ex-military guy. Let's give him alcoholism. Who it's only beer because that's what military guys do apparently. He gets he gets blitzed after two beers and uh, oh, he, yeah. he passes out. Yeah, he's also the, the the lightest weight drunk I've ever met in my life. Uh, seriously, if you have any problem with alcohol, you should seek help. But this guy is a dick, and it's just so rote and and basic what they gave him. And it's funny because the actor Joe Cummings actually seems to be the most seasoned actor out of the entire group in that he has significantly more credits than everybody else and his actually include a series of television shows and things like that, little bit parts. So it's just kind of funny. I think that's also a case of working with what you're given and that is what it is. Again, I always love all the side characters. I also want to call attention, just not even a character, but within the first two minutes of the movie, when they arrive in the U-Haul, Sam shows his mom a drawing he's made. And it's two people standing on opposite sides frowning. And all I thought was, this is an artistic representation of anybody who's watching this movie right now. <laughs> it's two minutes in, and he's already he's already reading my heart. I think he he, did, he draws at least like two or three things in the whole movie, and everything is like everything's an upside down happy happy face. He's he's every everything he's drawing is just upset. Like, all right. I mean, he's the green, the green goblin man. He's who's in there. He's he's upset too. So I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I also before I throw it back to you, I just want to throw out some credit to uh, Snoopy's mom. Doctor Charles told you. Twenty minutes of exercise four times a week. I didn't know what the damn doctor said. <laughs> oh Snoopy, Snoopy, oh, get to go make a poopy. Come on, go make a poopy. Oh, she is every dog owner that I know, including myself. So, <laughs> what about you? So, who else other than Sarah and her and her one nipple? Oh, yeah, got your attention. Well, like besides Pistol, the best dog, the best dog oh, yes. ever. Um, I don't know the what, what's his name, Ellis, the uh, oh, the Danish uh, uh, goblin yeah. expert from across the street who is just coincidentally neighbors. Typically pronounced Elias, but he decided to pronounce it Elias. <laughs> Uh, okay. While everybody else in the film called him Elias, which was pretty or, funny. Uh, or douchebag. Or, or douchebag, uh, that's or right. Something. With that accent that I couldn't figure out. Where, until they said he was, he was Danish, I was like, that didn't make any goddamn sense. Because he has this accent that I can't figure out what it is. Ever. Hello and good evening. I am Elias. Hi. Can I help you with something? Marguerite Daisy. Hello, my name is Sarah. We just moved into the neighborhood, so. Ha, that's the name of the flower. I live across the street. (laughs) 
Look, as a as a as a man who is a fan of cinema as well as has worked in cinema yourself, how would you how did how does this writing stack up for you, sir? I gotta say, you know, it could it could be improved upon. You could, <laughs> you could script work it a little bit. It could have been workshop. You could rehearse it maybe a day for like one day rehearsals. You know, you could you could get around it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm yeah, his, he doesn't sound Danish, but like I don't know where else. Like after he you put the his that title, I was like I don't know where else you would put it there. And like why is he living in? I don't know. I I couldn't de- determine where this takes place. Like they shot it in Florida, but also they shot it in Arizona. It seems like it takes place in Texas. I don't yeah. know. It's very no strange because yeah, it's in the 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 sparse facts that are available it says it was, sh- which I had I don't know. I think I'm curious about this when they say it was shot in Florida with one scene in Botswana. There's nothing about this yeah. fucking budget that leads me to believe anything was shot in Botswana for anybody's yeah, time. That, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. No, it just feels like this is, you know, Florida and Arizona, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What about the uh, what about the overzealous animal control who apparently in this town act not only as animal control, but also reserve police officers. They're the police officers. That's fine. <laughs> I guess so. It's like they have one cop who shows up. He has like one or two lines, <laughs> but he's with the animal control guys. And they're the ones who are apparently issuing all the justice in the town. So he, the police officer who we only see at like what the two minutes left into the runtime, he, yeah is uh he's only there because of the the disappearances for danny and danny jr and spoiler alert the danish guy elias <laughs> but uh I, I gotta say the 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 lead animal control guy he looks like he could definitely bench uh a whole lot and then the other guy just is cr- incredibly scrawny i don't know he, yeah it's, i it's can't funny. imagine any of them <laughs> It's like you got, because it's Corporal Carl Phoenix, who's the young guy played by Phoenix Hernandez, and then you got Sergeant John Roth, played by Pat Giglio. And of course it is, because you look at him, he looks like a guy, you know, he's from the neighborhood. He's here to, he's here to fucking crack your head open if you don't have the money. That's, that, that's exactly what this guy looks like. But I gotta say, like, he... He's 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 addressing the neighborhood. He's like, everyone, go back to your cars. Go back into your homes. And he's like, he's not talking to anyone. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, are they talking to us right now? Yeah, I know. I, I feel like half the time they they're just making this movie in somebody's neighborhood, and nobody was aware of it. You know, it's like a sleepy little suburb of Phoenix or something, and they're just like, oh, there goes Chris and his friends making a movie. All right, well, we've got some characters in, uh, in in numbers. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? What do you, in your own personal opinion, what do you think, we already kind of went over the the general plot. Yeah. Do you have anything else in addition to the plot that you want to discuss? Well, I think the thing with the story here is that it it just felt like nothing really happened, even though there are some things that are supposedly purportedly happening, like disappearances, you know, this discovery, there's this creature looking about. Everything just felt like it was accelerated. This is one of those movies that, for budget or whatever, they, they made it, you know, 71 minutes. When it really could have afforded from that extra 10 to 15 minutes of story. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's it's like, it just felt so strange. The relationships were all over the place. It, you know, there was no subtlety, I guess. The only thing subtle about this movie was the goblin and his 
and his nastiness. In, in, in all, in all honesty, the goblin was rather this short little obese fellow who was kind of charming, even though he never blinked. That was a little disturbing. Yeah, that's a little disturbing. I guess they couldn't animate that. I don't know. One thing I do want to say for the animation, there's one shot where it's like predator vision. Yeah. It's like he, he sees everything in heat mode, more or less, like like the predator. And he's not a predator as far as we know. Um, but the one thing I got to I got to compliment the movie is when he's when the, the goblins petting pistol the dog, the dog. I got to say that they they animated like the heat on the hand pretty well. I got yeah. that's that's comp- I got to give that compliment. No, I'll that. give that compliment and I'll also give the very first appearance of the goblin where it's his hand on the window and the shadow on the boxes that was a good detail. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty well rendered and well incorporated. I think it's just when you see more of him in the bushes, uh you know, the first hint wasn't so bad. Uh but then when he leans into the sun, then it becomes laughably quite CG. And then in the, you know, the big reveal where you see him walk into the living room, that one didn't work quite so well. But really, I think it's, it's, there was no build to anything. There was no, other than the fact that they took the shortcut route of how do you get somebody on board with our heroine? Well, you surround her with terrible people. Sure, but... How about you get us on board by seeing how strong she is or how, you know, you know, self-reliant she is or how clever she is. Instead, she's just sort of bandying about and just taking whatever comes her way. I think there's just a lot of problems. And it honestly comes from the fact that it was written by somebody who's never written anything that, at least according to IMDb, has been registered. So... You know, it's just it's just simple mechanics of story. That's the real problem when you talk about that. Like, oh, yeah, the biggest thing that I didn't get to. Why was she pregnant at the end? Who did oh, she fuck? Did she fuck we, the, the the fucking goblin or what? Can we can we go back to that for the WTF factor? Oh yes, we end? absolutely can. We absolutely I wanna, can. I want to I want to put a pin in that for later. Okay. Yes, we can. We'll for, do that because it does cover for, both. I think. For. <laughs> For plot reasons, and who was the screenwriter again? Her name was Rosa. Rosa or, uh... Parnak, Parnaki or Parnak? Yeah, P A R N A K E. I'm willing to bet fifty fifty bucks that she had uh, um, she had good intentions for backstory because I was t- I was I tried my best to pay attention to specific bits of dialogue and like like in order to like go into. Uh, everyone's back backstory and everything, and I tried writing up a quick uh, idea of what it was. So, the, the the very beginning is when they when they move in move into their house with the U-Haul truck. So we see Sam, the sons, the the little kids, uh, like crayon drawing, and it's uh, him, the boy, and a man on the far right so- side of the, the piece of paper. It's alluded to that his father sarah's first husband passed away or was killed overseas and probably some sort of military operation afghanistan or something like that Mm. my bet is that danny was part of that troop and he hence the dog tags and when he returned to the states they rekindled or they met or something i don't know and then they got married and they had Dan, he had Danny Jr. from some other previous marriage and everything. So then they decided to move and for whatever reason, he doesn't get a job because he overslept from drinking two beers the previous night. So I don't know. <laughs> and, and he's, he just he's, he's really him. bad at his job. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to go whatever that job is. Yeah. 
but he has a whole deep-seated deep uh, res resentment to Sarah because she wasn't able to have his kid. Because there's one of the scenes when they're in bed is like, hey, let's, let's, the doctor said it's, it's been six weeks. It's, it's been six weeks. Let's try. Because the, the scene right beforehand is when she's in the bathtub and she, we kind of, we, there's insert shot of a scar on her, on her, on her belly. And I'm, I'm assuming it was an attempted C-section that failed is what, what it looked like. That's what I'm expecting. So he has a whole lot of resentment to her for not being able to have uh, his kid and a little bit of PTSD probably. And that's why he's so gung ho on trying to hunt this uh, either uh, cougar, puma, bear, etc. It turns out to be the goblin, but we know that. So that's, that's all the history that I'm, I'm digging way too far into this movie. That's not necessary, but that's, that's a hobby of mine. So yeah, that's, that's what I got up with. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's okay though. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's what we do. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like they try and try, but it's just I think it's just so surface. And you're right. I think that the this movie was clearly done with best of intentions. It's obviously low budget, and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I just thought of something again for the WTF. I think we're gonna have to migrate ourselves over to that topic pretty soon. Yeah, please. As I'm as I'm realizing that usually is the case with many of these episodes. So something I I thought was funny about the husband was how their physical relationship is just practically non-existent except for when he tries to like sleep with her. Anytime he tries to kiss her, even just coming up to say hi before you even know he's a dick, before you have any idea, she like leans away and it's almost like, so why are you married to this guy is my big question. And I forgot another thing they did to add on to this. They made him a guy who likes to use dip. Yo. Oh, I didn't even realize this. Only does that in one scene, but he sits there and puts the chaw in his mouth and he instantly spits right afterwards. It's like, ah, let's oh. just get you on board with this guy right away. Oh, I completely missed that. That's funny. Oh, yeah. So let's see uh, some of this uh, wonderful marital bliss. So, I told them what you saw last night. They think we might have a cougar on our hands. Maybe even a bear. Can you believe that? Are you still heading into work? Huh? Did you hear what I just said? There's a wild beast roaming around here, and I'm gonna kill it. You don't even know what it is. How do you plan on killing it? Last night, you were begging me to kill whatever it is. Yeah, and you treated me like a fool. Honey, I'd love to stay and discuss this, but I'm burning daylight. What? I've gotta get Danny Jr. and get down to the sports store. Word of this gets out, and the whole place is gonna be crawling with a bunch of idiots and yahoos in no time. I just dropped Danny Jr. off at school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's the absolute worst. I, I hate him so much. <laughs> I know. Hold on. How is he burning daylight? They dropped him off it's, at school. It's, it's clearly it's, in the morning. What the like fuck is eight, happening? It's 8 a.m. or something. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> Story, yeah. overall, look, it works. Is it tissue thin? Of course it is. Could it be fleshed out? Absolutely. But... It'll get us from A to B. So there you go. So now on to the fun part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Care to kick off the WTF series? I'll start I'll start off with the 
the smaller one because everything else is overshadowed by the you know the big one at the very end sure do you remember the do you remember the dream sequence that she has i do like where maybe that's the one that was in botswana i don't know no no i know i looked it up I th- i'm pretty sure that's just on this just like up the up the coast from i was where gonna say it does on, look on, like it looks like pch honestly it, it looks yeah, exactly no but for whatever reason and i completely forgot until i rewatched it today's like she has a dream sequence where she's at a beach and she sees Sam, her youngest son, her son, uh, like down by a pier. It's like, hey, mom, come over here. And she walks and then she sees him. And then she, there's a shell, it's like a conch shell. She picks it up. And then there's this really cool CGI octopus like crawling out. And then like, what the fuck is this? This doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I I, I did some Googling and it's like octopus dreams or what? what is a dream with an octopus? What's the beach uh, in, a, in a dream mean? So the beach dream, the beach dream means, what is it? Uh, Represents a space between a, a space between a space where you're free from expectations and free to wherever you think you like. Which way will you go? It's all up to you. Like kind of kind of yeah. more liminal, I guess. And I kind of I I, I kind of understand it from the script where because she, she doesn't. Elias keeps telling her you got to get out of here, and she's she keeps she, she keeps wanting to stay. So I I see the beach as I don't know her internal like I don't know which way to go. Uh, should I stay? Should I go? More or less. That's a basic. But the octopus doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't know. It, it, like internal conflict with the family. It, I can't find anything about it. it. Doesn't make any sense to me. What do you think the octopus means? I too noticed that scene. I actually have to give you kudos for even bothering to try to look up what the, the symbology of it might have been. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy that little octopus thing. It's practically just shy after the the midway point, and I thought, oh. There's like some deep context here, like some David Lynchian sort of shit, you know, this is like Eraserhead style, like what's going on? And then she wakes up and that seemingly has no bearing on anything else in the rest of the movie, though I'm sure the creative staff of this would probably beg to differ and call us a bunch of morons for not seeing the true beauty of their artistic vision. But I don't know what these tentacles coming out of a conch shell could possibly forebode other than shit's going to get weird. I, that's, that's, I, I don't know. I feel like it was probably, honestly, just a cool image that they conjured up and said, you know, I bet I could do this. They probably shot this for something else and then like, hey, I could use this for, for this movie. Like, yeah. The only thing I could find for an octopus dream meeting, quote unquote, is according to ancient dreamlike tradition, and this is from the website Cleverly Smart, whatever that is, dreaming of an octopus is a sign of family or social problems. And like, all right, I guess that like, it's a very vague description. I don't know. Because, yeah, it, it, it's apt to the situation, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'll go know. with that. I'll go with that. Sounds about right. One thing I have to call WTF on Uh, As I was looking at and reading some of the critic reviews for this, I saw that they were reviewed by Film Threat, which is cool. So I was in a film that you helped work on, and that was reviewed by Film Threat, and we got an 8 out of 10, which I thought was pretty cool, until I read this review that gave this fucking movie a 7 out of 10. So I have to say, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) I really want to know why they think this is worth uh i don't know seven 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 out of ten it doesn't make any sense to me I, I, you look i get it that film threat covers a lot of indie movies and they're very generous with that and i think it's also a crowdsource sort of thing you know they they get reviews from whomever is part of the community so i'm not trying to besmirch this look i've done plenty of shitty indie movies but this one was i mean like it's just 
I'm just shocked. It's like giving it a C grade <laughs> when the acting and the lighting and everything else is clearly at least at the top of D. I don't know. So that was a WTF for me. It's not great. So the 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 big WTF for the movie is yeah. the last I don't know five minutes. So uh, the goblin, as you as you had alluded to earlier, like comes into the into the living room, and he uh, Danny sees him and he smirks it off. Like what is this? This is, this is a joke. And then he does the most the most annoying sound possible when he, when the goblin grabs him, and then he he gets eaten by the goblin. Wait, you mean this sound? Yeah. I think that's him actually having an orgasm. That's what I was thinking too. So... Well, I gotta say, it's kind of cool. Like he cracks, he cra- the goblin cracks his neck before swallowing him whole, basically. Yeah. But the the very next thing is a title card that says nine months later, at the very end. And I have to, I gotta say that they did a good job, kind of like hiding it. It's like she was, yeah. preg- she's pregnant at the very end. They had some good blocking, which is kind of cool. But yeah, never noticed it. So she's, she 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 has her like the dog bowls, and she's feeding bullet or pistol, and then she fills another dog bowl. Uh, with dog food and then some I don't know, beef or something, and she walks out to the shed and she she places it down. And then the goblin comes out and is looking up at her. He's like, "Hey, thanks for dinner, basically." And then she the last shot is her turning away and she's 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 pregnant. And I have to imagine she and the goblin fucked, and they had to have fucked on the night that the goblin ate her her husband Danny. So I'm 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 absolutely convinced that she she has a goblin child in her womb right he now. He has a goblin child and like this this little chode of a fucking goblin pulled out his tuna can dick and he went to town doing his business after he it's like and he doesn't fucking blink. You think the kid's gonna have a little mohawk like him? Oh, Whose probably. eyes will it have? Her bright blue or his neon yellow? Maybe it'll just have a green set of eyes. I don't know. Who could say? But I like that uh, he's also just taking monstrous shits in the yard. Oh, I, I the size of like uh, I don't know, twice as big as a cow cow patty. So oh, I don't know. If, if if not more, I mean, you know, he's you know, I guess he's eating a full grown man at times and just dumping him. So that yeah, that was a big, you know, that's all we can assume is that yeah. So he's having, she's having their child. Yet for some reason he's living inside the fucking garage instead of in the house. That's the only reason why I wanted to watch this movie. From like we got through the whole video for that Curtis Connor review and everything. It's like all right, this is fine. And then we get to the last shot. I was like, all right, now I actually have to watch this movie. And it, again, it's not like a, it's not like Memento where seeing the ending recontextualizes the rest of the movie. It doesn't. <laughs> knowing this fact means nothing. It's right. To, it to the movie, it's like all right, that's. I guess it's fine. I, I don't understand anything else better, but still, I had to watch this movie, and I'm I'm thankful that I did, even if it's not great. I I had to watch it. Though. Yes. Uh, speaking of the big piles of shit, I need to call out this delightful again. One of the reasons why um, the officer who shows up in the end really sells it for me. They're found in a big pile of shit, ma'am. 
Yeah, uh, big pile of scat, uh, not too far from here. It was old, months probably. <laughs> I just love that big pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, scat. So it's like it's like it's probably the size of the one from Dr uh, Jurassic Park, with yes. the Triceratops. Yes. <laughs> they had to dig through with both arms and everything just to find the bones. I don't know. Oh yeah. You know, the other scene that I thought was interesting that was a little bit of a WTF was uh, this weird sequence right after, <clears throat> uh, what's his name? Eli now I feel Elias. like saying his name wrong, Elias, Elias, or whatever. Elias. He's watching <laughs> out the window at night, and Sarah is staring into the mirror, and she's saying nothing, just looking and looking, and then in comes Danny. Drinking his beer. Must be beer number two. Still staring. Still staring. Still staring. Still staring. Still staring. Still staring. It's like the scene just it's kind like, of... This is longer than the one in Austin Powers. I know, it just keeps going. And what's the purpose? She's staring at herself in the mirror, and he's taking this 30, 45 second piss. And he's clearly drunk. Tried watching this scene with, like, subtitles, and he can't... It's like, everything's indecipherable. But then also, why is everything all echoed like this? It's her internal psyche. It's, everything's breaking. Ah. <laughs> so I see you're doing for this movie what I did for Devin with Greasy Strangler. You're you're yeah, trying exactly. to bend my mind a bit and be like, ah, yes, you're right. I get that. Perfect sense. It's not, you know, they had they had meaning behind stuff. It's not, you know, they didn't execute it well, but they had meaning. They had well intentions. Yeah. Okay, another WTF I'll just throw. Just It'll daisy chain off that one I just did. I love how this is a thing that he does when he's drunk. He just barges in on her in the bathroom. The first time, she's just in the tub, chilling out. He stands in front of her, stares at her. She doesn't look at him. And then he just walks over. <laughs> By the way, pretty sure it's the exact same audio cue. He might be, yeah. Just used twice. <laughs> What I will have to say, that's probably her her best acting is when is during that that yes. shot. Yeah, because it's just like when he when he steps in and she's averting his gaze one hundred percent. Like I yeah, that's 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 acting. It's not, I can't say it's acting, but it, it's good acting compared to the rest of the movie. Uh correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and also that's you know the first time we're introduced to the scar under the water for a brief moment. And then in the scene right afterwards is when we see him try to get up on her when he's uh, kind of drunk and he's doing this creepy shit. I just don't think I'm ready yet. And like a supportive husband, he says, Fine. Love you, honey. Ah, oh, that's that's the that's the spirit. You go, dude. <laughs> no, it's Valentine. It's we're recording this before Valentine's Day. That's I want to say that to my wife on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh man, yes. Yeah, be like, all right, whatever, fine. I love you, honey. 
I got I was watching this and my wife was sitting next to me for you know, 10 minutes and then she had a dip <laughs> because she didn't want to have to watch it with me. It's like, I, I, I wanted to understand. So I was yelling after like near the end. It's like, yeah, this is just like, this is just like marriage story, but with a goblin. And I had to retract <laughs> my statement afterwards. Like, no, it, this is, this is like the middle chapter from boyhood, but with a goblin. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh shit. That's awesome. Wow. Oh man. I, uh, what other, uh, WTFs, uh, come to mind for you? I got nothing else. I mean, the, the whole, the whole movie is kind of like wavers in weird fluctuations, but the ending is where it shoots up to a 90, 90 out of a hundred. Yeah. It definitely goes off the scales here. I'm not sure. Maybe this will be something interesting when they're uh, playing with the dead cat outside. And let's see if Danny Jr. Has a little psycho moment. Surprise! Roar, roar, roar. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about now, honey. Your man got him. Hey, I helped. We'll finish this up here, put a bag on it. Take it into town tomorrow for the mount. Probably get our picture in the paper, too. Oh, well, yeah. We got you, you big dumb cat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so wait, so Danny Jr., I'm assuming he's a high schooler because that's what he looks like, for one. Two, you know, she drove him to school, at, but he's sitting there drinking a beer, which is great. And it's just great parenting right there. Oh, it's great parenting, and then they're they're playing with the corpse of this dead cat, this bobcat, I guess, they shot. It's just, it's so strange. One other WTF, I would say, would be the uh, the teacher and her complete lack of culpability in just letting her, this person's child, go with someone who could have been anybody. And I love how cavalier she is and blase about it. Wait, who? Danny, right? And Sam's older brother, Danny Jr.? Uh, stepbrother. Hmm. Interesting boy. They said it was some kind of family emergency. Well, I hope everything's okay. Good day. And goodbye. The, but then the unmotivated conversation hey, that happens. Danny. I can't come to the phone right now. Leave a message. It's like she brings up what she meant to bring up the entire time. Excuse me. Do you have a minute? It's like, wait, so hold on a second. Why didn't you start with that? Instead, it's just like, okay, have a good day. Fuck off. I sent your kid somewhere else. Oh, you know what? I should show you this artwork he drew because he's a bit of a psycho. But she's pulling, instead... a, she's pulling a Columbo. It's like, ah, just <laughs> one more thing. Yeah, just just one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Columbo teacher. There's one of the scenes right before it is when Sarah's dropping Sam off at school, and they're talking about the little little green man, and I swear the editing for that is completely misjumbled because like she asks the questions like, Oh, what did you see? And she doesn't really say anything. And then I feel like they had the dialogue one way. And then during editing, they completely reshuffled it just so it could be uh, like fitted just a little bit differently. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, it, it seems really weird. Well, let's, uh, I don't know let's, if you could find that. Let's see. Yeah. What were you talking to that nice man about? Just a green man. Did you see something last night outside our window? 
Is that what Pistol was barking at? Yeah, I think so. What else did he look like? Hey, it's okay. You can tell me about it later, okay? We got a big first date, a new school. Wow, wonderfully useful scene. <laughs> it felt very I weird. I swear, like, so the first thing was like, hey, what did you see? The little green man. And she doesn't react at all. It's like, oh, there's a green man outside. Yeah, exactly, maybe we should, yeah. Maybe we should re talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, let's let's plumb this a smidge. Uh, instead, she just goes with it. Yeah, there's um, th there's things with this movie for sure. <laughs> I would actually say this might be a super fun time if you watch it baked off your ass. This could be one of those movies that is just a mega pot movie. You know, it's not legal in Maryland, but I have to say that I had a great time watching this on a cup with some uh, with some scotch in me, though. That's whatever gets you out of your yeah. your regular self. That would work. Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, I think um, I think that you know what we've done what we can. I think the only way uh, for anybody to truly understand it is to watch it and judge for yourself. So. Before we get into where, let's talk about what. How how saucy would you make this? What level of sauce would you put it as far as its subversion goes? It's like a, what is this, out of 10 or 5? Yeah, out of 10, yeah. Oh, out of 10? I guess it's like a 2 out of 10 up until the last 5 minutes, and then it goes up to a 9 out of 10. So whatever <laughs> the average of that is. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's we'll call just, it 4. I don't know. All right, we'll call it we'll call it a four. Yeah, that's it's an interesting one because yeah, it's like it's kind of there until the very end. You're like, what in the almighty shit just happened? And that's wonderful. So you know what? You probably want to know: Is this movie as bad as they say? Is it really as strange? Well, find out for yourself. You can watch it right now on Plex.tv, Amazon Prime Video if you pay for that, Tubi TV if you want to see it for free, or you can rent or buy it from Amazon as well. So go check it out. Only 70 minutes of your time. You won't regret it much. <laughs> and here we are. So, Chris, I have to thank you for bringing this to my attention. You've mentioned a couple other movies, and I definitely want to put them on the docket down the road. So we will revisit that. It has been my absolute pleasure for them. Oh, thank I love, you. I love finding these old crazy movies. And I, well, all the movies I showed you are with, made within the past 10 years. So I can't say they're all too old, but still. Well, it's great to know that there's still weird shit being made on the daily out there. And it's not just, you know, it hasn't been relegated simply to the 80s, 90s, and early aughts. So it's, it's good to have. Anything that you would like to share about what people can find you doing or anything like that? Uh, the one thing I'll say is you could find me on uh, on YouTube under Tape Time with Tom. I have a whole bunch of VHS-related content. Uh, I have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, trailers, FBI warnings, uh, logos. We're working on uh, doing some commentaries uh, coming up soon, and hopefully I'll have a, maybe a handful up by the time this episode is released. Um, but yeah, check it out. Tape Time with Tom. Rock and roll. We'll do that. Thank you again, Chris. Been a real pleasure. So until next time, everybody, check out the movie. Drop me a line if you'd like to at subversivecinemashow at gmail.com or check us out on the web at subversivecinemapodcast.com. Check you later. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content.
Subversive, Subversive Cinema. cinema.